Hi, welcome to our podcast, Been Within on the Go. I'm Heidi Bilesma Epperson, one of your hosts and the owner and coach of the thinwithin.org ministry. <laughs> and I'm Christina Motley, another one of your hosts today, and also a Thin Within coach and Heidi's partner in all things Thin Within. We're so happy to have you here today. Welcome to our podcast, Thin Within on the Go. All righty. So today's topic is overcoming cravings. What? Well, just a minute, Heidi. I need to run to the kitchen because there's something there that is calling my name. (laughs) Just say no. Just say no. I can't. I got to go get it. It's just the magnetic pull is insane. (laughs) Well, I want to start by sharing my interest uh, and how it kind of developed in understanding cravings, that sense that I gotta have it, I can't do without it. It's not just a preference. It's like something rises up in you and you've gotta have it. And so this is how it began for me. Menopause was behind me. (laughs) I was nauseous all the time. It was like being pregnant. I kid you not. And yeah, I mean, I was, I I was even throwing up. That's how bad it was. I remember yeah, I craved peanut butter cookies. Mm. Butter cookies I like as much as the next girl does, but I'd never experienced a craving for them. Mm. It was like I couldn't hold anything else down either, which is like terribly convenient. Right. <laughs> like, oh my goodness. I wanted to know why peanut butter cookies. So God led me on this path and it resulted in a strategy that I have used and it works and I'm going to share it with you. Uh, he used it to shine light on some of my cravings, not just the peanut butter cookies, but other stuff like that as well. How about you, Christina? Have you ever had a season? Maybe it was when you were pregnant. Maybe it's when you were hormonal for some other reason where you had all kinds of cravings. Well, how about daily, Heidi? (laughs) (laughs) Really? I mean, well, I was joking about running to the kitchen a few minutes ago, but honestly, in a way I wasn't joking because really for years and years and years, I had cravings for specific foods a lot. Um, and you know, I think what you're talking about some, I mean, there's different kinds of cravings. It was about what my heart needed. Um, it was about something that was going on with me emotionally. And I knew that because instead of saying in my mind, boy, I really want this kind of food right now. I would say in my mind, I really need this kind of food right now. It felt like a physical need. It really did. It felt like a physical need, but I know that it wasn't. I mean, obviously my body didn't need huge amounts of this food or that food when I wasn't hungry. And then of course I could see the weight coming on as a result of that. So yes, I mean, I joke about it, but at the same time, it was serious. It is serious. There are times when I really crave something and it's specific it's like, I know the brand, I know the kind, I know exactly what it is that I am wanting or that I feel like I need. Well, and I had heard that there might be a nutritional deficiency, that that might be why we experience cravings. So I decided to do some research mm-hmm. about what actually causes cravings. I was surprised by some of what I found, and I just want to share with our mm-hmm. listeners a little bit 
right yeah. now. Uh, the first thing that can cause cravings is a restrictive diet. Mm. Studies have shown that if we are on a restrictive diet where we eliminate certain things for various reasons, usually because we want to lose weight, uh, that it will intensify our cravings. Wow. And not just for the foods that are off limits, but it will for other things as well. Mm-hmm. Another thing that can cause cravings is food sensitivities. Mm-hmm. I was surprised to hear that if you're sensitive to those foods, you might crave them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that kind of debunks the idea that I need whatever it is I'm craving. That's kind of a, another one of those interesting factoids. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of course, another thing that can cause craving is the desire I have for that dopamine hit that I get when I eat something. And it's a reward chemical that's released in our bodies. And so when I give in to eating, if it's outside of hunger and satisfaction, when I give in and eat something, I will have that release of dopamine, which is that neurotransmitter that makes me feel good and relaxed and pleasant and peaceful. And presto, that's a reward for eating outside of my need for food. So another thing that can cause cravings to intensify is if you're sneaking it. Mm -hmm. I think this is interesting because the dopamine intensifies these things may be at work in any of your cravings. If you like me have something that you crave, Mm -hmm. but there are some things that are not true. So what does not cause cravings is fasting completely. Now I was surprised to hear that as well Mm -hmm. in my research. Another thing that does not cause cravings is nutritional deficiency. Now that's the opposite Mm -hmm. of all the dieting wisdom that we've heard. Yes, it is. It really is. Some say I'm going to crave foods only that I need, but research Mm -hmm. that I read online at least says that's not the case. Mm -hmm. It, It seems to be very common for people to assume that if I crave it, I must need it. And no, that's just not true. So in my case with the peanut butter cookies, what was I willing to do for that craving? I was willing to do all kinds of things to get that craving satisfied. (laughs) Uh, There was only one bakery close to home for me. And if they were all out of peanut butter cookies, I would travel 30 minutes each way to another bakery. uh, And I literally didn't know what else to eat because everything else seemed Mm -hmm. like it would, I don't know if it was truly that it would make me throw up or get nauseous, but I believed it would. Uh, And you know how that goes. If you believe it will happen, it often does. I felt like I would be sick if I ate anything but peanut butter cookies. Mm. And I didn't, this could sound crazy, but I didn't want to make my own batch of peanut butter cookies at home because I feared the obvious that I was going to not stop eating the peanut butter cookies. (laughs) So I still came back to why peanut butter cookies? Why? I mean, it had never been an issue for me ever. So when I asked God what was going on, he Mm -hmm. led me to spend some time with him, just kind of processing and evaluating. Mm -hmm. And what came of that was kind of cool. It was. So I spent some time going into the word. Numbers 11, four through six. Now the rabble that was among them had a strong craving and the people of Israel also wept again and said, oh, that we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we ate in Egypt that cost nothing, the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. But now our strength is dried up, and there's nothing at all but this manna to look at. 
(laughs) (laughs) That sounds like me sometimes. (laughs) So where was the focus of the Israelites, which is who this passage is about? It was all over their craving. craving. I don't know about you, but when I have a craving kind of pop up, sometimes that gets all my attention, all my focus. And I keep thinking about it and keep thinking about right, it. Right. And, and that's an important part of it. It's like, Hmm, if we could switch something around, maybe that would help in this case, what we just read in numbers fixating on that craving really warped their thinking. They were longing for the good old days that never really happened. Mm-hmm. Talk about losing touch with reality. Right. Um, and my peanut butter cookie craving, I would justify using up the gas and the time to go buy a baked peanut butter cookie. (laughs) Some of us will lie, will sneak to get to the object of our craving. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty intense. Mm -hmm. So we want to look at the truth in the word of God and look at what the slavery of the Israelites was really like. And this serves to show us how warped our thinking can get when we have a craving. So this is a reality test. Mm-hmm. Exodus 2 verses 23 to 25 tells us how miserable the Israelites were in Egypt. They yes. were thinking only about things that actually hadn't happened. But it says in that passage, then the children of Israel groaned because of the bondage and they cried out and their cry came up to God because of the bondage. Mm-hmm. The Egyptian masters worked the Israelites ruthlessly. It says in Exodus 1, 13 and 14, they made their lives bitter. It says in Exodus 1, 14 with hard service, which in the Hebrew, it's uh, the word can also be translated cruel. And that's Exodus 1, 14 and Exodus 6, 9. And as a result, it says Israel languished in misery and suffering. That's in Exodus 3, 7. And with a broken spirit, Exodus 6, 9. They were now free from slavery, but disgruntled because they missed the food that they supposedly ate during their slavery. What? So we can see that what actually was true was not what the Israelites thought was true. Once their craving came up, the craving comes up and all they could think of was the craving. It really warped their ability to recall accurately what it was like to live in Egypt. Mm -hmm. So here's the main idea that they believed a lie. The craving that warped their thinking moved them to believe a lie that they had it made in the shade back in Egypt. (laughs) Okay. Well, Heidi, as you are talking and reading about all of this, my own example has come into my mind (laughs) and it's something that I still struggle with here and there. (laughs) And so there is a specific food for me that has drawn me ever since I was a little kid. And I'm, and when I say that, I'm thinking I'm talking about the food as if it has life. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. drawing me. Okay, so that's the first lie. <laughs> yes, you're and right. That this particular food does not draw me. It does not. It is not pulling me. It doesn't tie a rope around me and drag me over to it. It's just food. So that's the first lie that I believed for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I still struggle with this. Okay. Here's another lie about that very same food. And that is this will make me feel better. Mm -hmm. If I need comfort, if I'm sad, if I'm lonely, if I am feeling overwhelmed by my life, 
this food will make me feel better. So that's a lie that I believed for a very long time. Another lie about that particular food, well, it will give me energy and strength. I will be able to think more clearly. I mean, (laughs) this sounds maybe ridiculous to you, but if you really think about that particular food that feels like it's drawing you, um, think about what you believe about that food. There is a belief under there (laughs) and you're believing it. And that's exactly what happened to me with this particular food. Yeah, that's a great example. As you think about the craving, the lies seem so believable and it really does warp our thinking. Mm -hmm. And so to break free from our cravings, we want to be able to look back with the Lord. The Israelites would have benefited from this strategy (laughs) when you look back with the Lord and saw, whoa, they treated us nasty. That was not fun. Um, But now here's a place where a lot of people dig in their heels. They say, I don't think I should look back on my memories, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we quote Bible verses like Philippians three, forgetting what is behind and press on and Isaiah 48, uh, forget the former things do not dwell on the past. I don't want to encourage anyone to wallow in the past at all, but I want to do what this passage in Deuteronomy says, Christina, do you Mm -hmm. mind reading that? Deuteronomy 4, 9, but watch out, be careful, never to forget what you yourself have seen. Do not let these memories escape from your mind as long as you live and be sure to pass them on to your children and grandchildren. Yeah, there is truth in the past Mm -hmm. that we want to learn from. And if the Mm -hmm. Israelites in that example, when their cravings rose up, had been willing to look at the past and not forget Mm -hmm. inviting God into it, they would have realized that, no, it wasn't like I'm thinking it is right now. Uh, We don't want to wallow in our histories Mm -hmm. and we don't want to beat ourselves up over it or puff ourselves up with pride about it. Mm -hmm. But we want to take on God's healthy way of looking at the past. So this is related to our cravings for sure. The antidote to being owned by cravings Mm. is being owned instead by truth. And so that, I mean, it's just vital. I looked at my earliest memory of peanut butter cookies. This is going to sound silly. And you can do this too. I mean, listener right now, think of something that you crave at times Mm -hmm. and it just feels like you could not turn it down if it was in front of you And, and look at your earliest memory of that food. And then even now, as I'm talking about this, my earliest memory of peanut butter cookies I'm smiling. Um, it, 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 I do. I feel all warm and smile. My mom, by the way, never baked cookies. And I can recall she never baked any dessert. So it wasn't a memory with my mom. And I, in inviting God in, I said, what is this about? What is my, when is my earliest memory of peanut butter cookies? Well, my parents often traveled and left me at home. And my cousin's crusty old grandma on their dad's side, so she wasn't related to me, was Grandma Bright. And Grandma Bright was stern. I mean, when she was coming to stay with me, I dreaded it. Your grandma was awesome from the stories you told me, Christina. And my grandma Janina was awesome too. (laughs) Grandma Bright, oh my word. And now- this is true. She was really stern. I call her a curmudgeon and it's true. (laughs) 
but, and this is the big, but she baked. And if I came home from school and there were freshly baked peanut butter cookies, I knew she wouldn't be so cranky. And then for just a little while, life would be peaceful. And I remember that she was the only person I knew who baked peanut butter cookies mm -hmm. and with the little fork marks and the sugar on the top. I remember the details of how they looked and smelled mm -hmm. melted in my mouth. She must have used a whole pound of butter to make each batch. I don't know. But my grandma bright would be kind and even loving during those peanut butter cookie moments. Wow. It's, wow. I know it's just so strange. I have no other memory of her being nice. Oh. <laughs> maybe she craved peanut butter cookies. <laughs> maybe yeah, her maybe. grandma was like, anyway, <laughs> it was, it's a memory really ingrained in my childhood amidst mm -hmm. many abusive memories in that kitchen. Cause it was my kitchen where I live, where I grew up. And that was a place that was not pleasant most of the time. But when grandma bright got in, came over and got in the mood to bake, mm. it was a, a wonderful, happy, peaceful place. Um, yeah. that crusty curmudgeon, um, <laughs> she would smile and act all sweetie pie serving oh, up peanut butter cookies. Wow. When I realized, wow, this does go back a long way. Uh, this <laughs> memory that I have yes, I could jot down a timeline of peanut butter cookies, my <laughs> peanut butter cookie timeline. Awesome. When, did it, awesome. when did it show up in my life? Who does, who is it associated with what emotions, what memories are attached to it. And anybody can do this is mm -hmm. think of that food that you feel like you could not turn down if it was in front of you and see in your memory, where did this food first show up? What were the memories associated with it? What were the people like? What were the feelings that all of that? Um, and it really doesn't take long to do this. So um, take some time to do that. The emotions I felt as I went through my timeline of peanut butter cookies, that they were primarily about grandma bright. They were mm -hmm. so powerful. These memories, it was peace in a place of stress ordinarily rest the sense that all is well when it usually isn't there was smiling there was safety and i began to wonder and i do believe this was inspired by god could it be that my brain had associated all those feelings with the cookies instead of with the person i associated peace in a place where there was anxiety and stress and fear Mm -hmm. um, rest, all being well, smiling, safety with peanut butter cookies. Peanut butter cookies didn't give me that. They weren't the source, but the grouchy grandma was. Right. <laughs> That's amazing, really, when you think about it. It's amazing. It really is. And it's the food usually isn't the point. Uh, right. The memories associated with that food often mm. are. My mind is thinking about my own experience and you're talking about your grandma and the peanut butter cookies. And I mentioned that there was that specific food that I felt so drawn to for so many years and I still struggle with it. Um, so when I look back with my mother and my grandmother, there is a whole history there around that particular food, especially being included in baked goods. Um, absolutely. And so some of you know this story, those of you that have known me for a while, but my mom was not a baker, same as your mom. My mom was not a good cook either. She didn't like to cook or bake. She didn't like to do any of those things, but 
she had her go-to recipe that she used for one dessert that she made her whole life. She <laughs> must have made this particular cake um, thousands of times. And we had it for every birthday and we had it for every holiday. And if there was a potluck, she made it and brought it. And if there was a baby shower and if there was any special event, if someone special was coming over to our house, she made that cake. It happened to be a chocolate chip cake. And the food that I'm talking about happens to be chocolate chips. One other thing that is really important to this is that my mom would make the cake with my brother and I when we were little. Okay, so these are the memories associated with it. She used a ceramic bowl. Okay, and so when I use a ceramic bowl to make the, this same cake and I have a spoon and a spatula and I hear the clinking of the spoon on that ceramic bowl, it brings me right back. Heidi, you were saying that your, your memories were so powerful. Mm -hmm. These are really, really, really strong, deep-seated memories. And mm -hmm. when I make that cake, I'm right mm -hmm. back there. When I was little, we made this cake together and all was right with the world. Yeah. I felt so loved and so cared for and so cherished. And I felt like I was part of kind of the secret, exciting process, this recipe of this amazing cake. And I just remember, I mean, it was like one of my favorite things to do was to make this with her. So it makes a lot of sense <laughs> that when my heart needs something, when I am having a need and it's my heart that needs it, I would have a belief that that food is going to help me and comfort me. And yeah, it sounds kind of ridiculous, but at the well, same time, it. when we yeah. crave, our brains kind of go out the window. <laughs> yeah, they do. Some of the beliefs that I had is if that food is in the house, mm -hmm. I will not be able to resist it. Another belief was if I make the cake for a special occasion and there's leftovers, I will not be able to refrain from eating the leftovers. I'm going to eat. Or another belief was, you know, I will never be able to stop before I have three or four pieces. And those are powerful beliefs. Those are things that I really thought were true for a very, very long time. It turns out that, yes, the memories are powerful and special. And yes, my mom and I really bonded in a special way over making this cake. And yes, I have so many lovely memories of celebrations with my family. And we still make this cake in my family and we enjoy it. But I can now see what's happening because God has shown me and I can separate out these beautiful, beautiful memories from something that is just food. It's just okay. ingredients. It's not magical. Right. It doesn't talk to me. It doesn't draw me. It doesn't pull me. It's just food. So I can pull out these memories, just like you, Heidi, with your uh, curmudgeon grandma. And, <laughs> and I can put my memories over here and I can enjoy them. I can think about them and I can smile and think, oh, that was super special. But I don't have to eat over them. Right. Uh, my eating right. behaviors can se be separated out. 
what we need to realize is what is true is it's not a food eating or weight issue when it comes to these cravings. It is a heart issue, a belief issue, mm. and we get to choose what we will believe, what we will right. think on. And so we want to get really good at recognizing that and not allow the craving to warp our thinking. That's really, really important. I can choose what I'm going to believe I can choose. My example is there was a time when I felt powerless, which is one of my triggers to eat outside of hunger and satisfaction. And instantly a craving popped up. And as we've seen, a craving can warp my thinking if that's yes. all I think about as a craving. So I analyzed what I was thinking and invited God into that and discovered that when I focus on the craving, what I'm longing for in moments like that, I'm likely to believe a number of lies. And some of them are this little bit of food is going to make me feel great. Yep. Feel better. <laughs> Other lie, there won't be any consequences if I eat this now. Mm-hmm. I mean, good grief. It's like, it's better back in Egypt, right? If right. there are consequences, it will be worth it to break my boundaries. Oh, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another belief I held was I can live with this choice more easily than I can live sitting with my feelings of powerlessness. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nope, nope. Mm-hmm. And uh, another belief I held, and really, these are all lies. God won't comfort me like this food will. I need to recognize the power of my memory on my choices today because I'm no longer 10 years old. Right. (laughs) Doesn't get to be in charge of me. Yes. Isn't that amazing, though, how we can just go right back and all of a sudden it's like we are a little a little child again. And it's like, oh, my gosh, that is so powerful. The antidote to being owned by cravings is being owned instead by truth. I have been given everything, everything I need for life and godliness. That's straight out of scripture. My feelings are not reliable indicators of what is true. Another truth that I want to be focused on instead of on my craving is I can exercise the strength I have in Christ by focusing my attention elsewhere instead of on food or some other means of feeling power. Um, And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Chocolate is not stronger than Jesus. Peanut Mm. butter cookies are not stronger than Jesus. Fried chicken (laughs) is not stronger than Jesus. (laughs) And I don't know. What about my mom's cake, Heidi? Yeah, that's tricky. No, (laughs) (laughs) you know what? Every time I eat whatever it is I'm craving, it's suddenly gone. <laughs> that's that. What that is that? Temporary, wasn't it? That peanut yeah. butter. And then finally, the lie I believed as a 10 year old and on and off ever since is a lie. I mean, hello, Heidi, it's a lie. I can reject the lie. I cast it down as it stands against obedience to Christ. Mm-hmm. So awesome. Those are awesome truths, Heidi. Those are awesome. Thank you. At some point, I want to urge us all to sit with the Lord and then kind of evaluate the truth about the food or the drink that you crave. We want to be thinking God's thoughts after him. We want to be filling our minds with his truth and dwelling on his life-giving truth rather than the lies and half-truths that we've believed for so long. And so this is the key to breaking this pattern with these cravings. We want to be renewing our minds, asking God what is true. 
I want to bridge that gap between the memories of the people and start giving gratitude to God and thank him for the memories that I have mm-hmm. uh, and the emotions that, you know, the feel good. That is what I long for. Notice that it is likely that you have some kind of memories associated with the food or the drink that you're really longing to feel again or experience again. And then rather than indulging in the craving, remember, if you think about the craving, it'll warp your thinking. Um, Instead of indulging the cravings, take time to give gratitude to God for those wonderful memories and the way that he met you in that place. And, And then renew your mind with truth. You too can break free. Thanks for joining us today. Yes, thank you for being here at Thing Within on the go. We hope you enjoy this next time. So good to have you.